This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. I doubt they listen to it, so they don't, I probably don't even have to read this. But in the event that they, in the very unlikely event that they are listening, there is a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. This is Chris Liss of Redowire, and I'm just so ecstatic to be talking to Yahoo Sports' Dalton Del Don. And uh, what's up, man? How's your dog doing? Is he all right? Yeah, I just came back from the vet. It's just every three years you need to go get a rabies shot or the county tracks you down and attacks you. And he had a little growth going on. I'm a bad owner and uh, had basically ignored it. But uh, every, so far, so good. I mean, he's nine years old. He's a boxer. They don't you typically last longer than 10 years. So, um, But everything went okay. Relatively. That's funny because that sounds like a cover story to me. What I actually heard is that your dog tried to commit suicide. Who told you that? Who told you? Animals don't commit suicide. You realize like what a, a just what an unpleasant person to be around you would have to be for your dog to try to commit suicide. Yeah, that, that, that would be pretty bad fate. Yeah, we, we live outside. A, like there's a lake kind of by us. And one right. time he got outside the fence and he uh, he ended up in it, and uh, I had a neighbor who, whom I had never spoken to three doors down came and, and alerted me. But I don't believe it was uh, on purpose to commit suicide. Uh, well, we'll see. I, I, I kind of think that probably was. In your case, <laughs> if, your dog, if your dog commits suicide, it's like that's just like, listen, I'm a that's dog. That's next level. I have a good, you know, I'm a, I'm a house pet. I get fed. I don't have to, like, deal. But fuck it. This, this owner I'm with is so depressing. <laughs> I'm just going to kill myself. It's not worth it. It's not worth the perks of being a, a dog. Anyway, right. uh, I'm just going to come straight out with it. I had a lot of wine tonight. We were at this, uh, whatever. Heather signs us up for these, like, sushi. It's like this person's apartment. They get, like, real Japanese chefs. And this, it's in Portugal. So it was this Portuguese-Japanese chef. And they got these Japanese-Portuguese Fado players. Fado is, like, the local, you know, mu- musical uh, genre that comes out of here. It's like, you know mariachi in mexico or the flamenco guitars in you know spain or whatever um and so you know the guys were really good and it was chill um but they just kept refilling the wine glass if you finish your wine glass they refilled the wine glass if you finish your wine glass they refilled it and of course you know i i drink fast you know so they they just kept refilling so that's just where i'm at it's not a big deal i'm not gonna hide it i'm not gonna fake it I'm just gonna be honest straight up 
Yeah, you're probably drunk off two glasses of wine. I've been around you. You're a lightweight. Yeah, right. Just, well, I'll throw some things at you. I'll throw some things at you first. Throw some, throw some, yeah, because I got nothing, and this is not. It's already after midnight my time, so we're just gonna bust through this kind of right. quickly. All right. So, um, did you watch the Oscars? No, I I did wake up the next morning and saw what happened, and I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. What I was talking to Paul Sporer about when he came on the XM show is that it's just funny because the Oscars are really one of the most low stakes. It's such a low stakes thing, like which movie won. I know people are like, oh, they took Moonlight's moment away and all this stuff. It's like, dude, it's just people voting, right? It's not like it's not like sports where like there's a tennis match and they're in the finals and one of the players earned the victory by outplaying the other player, right? The films just they earned whatever they earned by creating the movie. They made that movie. It took a lot of work, it took a lot of skill, whatever. Or maybe the movie sucked. I didn't see any of them, so I have no idea. But Good or bad, the work you put into it is what made the movie. People voting is totally uh, irrelevant to that. It has nothing to do with it. And so the whole idea of like, oh, what a moment for them or whatever. It's like, dude, it's just some fucking people voting. And it's all a bunch of millionaire Hollywood people. Like, who gives a fuck which one won? You know, I mean, actually, like Forrest Gump beat Pulp Fiction. You know, and like you yeah. look at that 20 uh, years later and you're like, that's a joke. Pulp Fiction holds up. Or like the movie Crash, which is one of the dumbest movies I've ever Terrible seen. Terrible movie, yes. It was yeah. just stupid, right? It was just implausible, the whole thing. But like it won. It's just some fucking idiots voting with their political preferences and whatever else. It's like, it's, it's totally meaningless. So like the idea that like, oh, this is a whole thing. It's like, who cares? And you know, BoJack Horseman, they had a, a whole thing with Mr. Peanut Butter nominating BoJack erroneously. So, you know, we already, I felt like after watching BoJack, I'd already right, understood right. the whole joke already. Yeah, no, so I run an Oscar pool, um, so I try to get into it a little bit because I've just done this for, like, 20 years. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is a joke. I've actually only only saw one of the nominated best pictures, Hell or High Water, which had no chance of winning, which is a fun movie, whatever. But, um, yeah, saying, no, I'm with you. I, all, are you saying it had no chance of winning come Hell or High Water? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. But, no, it's all political, and I, I will check out Moonlight when I get a chance. I watch an obscene amount of TV, but for movies, just I just don't go to the theater anymore with two kids. But, um, uh, yeah, so anyway, that was pretty crazy, though, what happened. I, I'm a big Adam Krola fan. He was a joke writer for Kimmel, and so I, I tune in, like I said, my Oscar pool. But pretty pretty funny that, it, that the, the ending of the best picture happened in that way. And Warren Beatty totally trying to defend himself and all that, just total chaos. So but it's was curious if you— It's not like a surgeon, like, leaving a scalpel in somebody or, like, you know, taking out the wrong person's kidney or something. It's fucking—who cares? It's, who cares it's is truly right. truly low stakes. You know I mean? The, the real fraud is the fucking Super Bowl, right? Like, somebody had the envelope that was like, Atlanta wins the Super Bowl, and I get covered, I cover it, all this stuff. And then, like, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan pulled out the wrong play-calling envelope. You know, there was like, or maybe some imposter that was looked like Kyle Shanahan started calling the plays all of a sudden in the third and fourth quarter. But either way, that was way more of a... But what do you think of this? I, I um, You know, people have been saying this on Twitter, and it's not original or anything, but the idea that, like, you know, the Super Bowl was totally over, yet somehow the Patriots won. The Warriors Cavs series was totally over, yet somehow the Cavs won. The Indians Cubs series was totally over, yet somehow the the Cubs won. The uh, presidential election was like all but wrapped up after the Trump um, scandal, the last right. scandal where he, you know, on tape basically bragged about sexual assault, and and he still won. Like, and the, everything this year has been like, here's reality. Nope, we're gonna pull the we're gonna pull the rug right out from under your your very reality. Like, I, obviously, it's a bunch of unrelated incidents, but 
at what point are we like, you know what, like we create our own lives through our own, like we're like a film projector. Your brain and your eyes and your senses are like a film projector. And you start to create your own reality, you know, collectively and individually. And, and at some point we're all like somehow tacitly, unconsciously, subconsciously agreeing that there's no such thing as reality anymore. What you think can be swept out from under you like a rug at any moment. Hell, the Cubs may not have made the next series. I was at the game personally in San Francisco when they entered the ninth inning up three runs in game four of the divisional round. Right. I mean, but know, I mean, that, that's one thing. But I'm talking about the finals. Yeah, Everybody in the world is I, watching these larger events. Like, I'm talking about the World Series. Sure, sure. The Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl is fucking ridiculous. It's 28 to 3, okay? The win, the WPA was like it was actually under one percent. Yeah, of course, but that's those probability things don't mean shit. Those guys are whatever. I, I mean, it's they, I they, agree. Don't, they don't take into account the cascading of certain things. But whatever. Okay, so it's twenty eight to three. Not only that, it was they were up eight. All they had to do was kick a field goal. They they got the they're up eight and they got the play to Devonta Freeman. They got, it was like a fifty yard play that got them in range. Right. The game was fucking over. They would have needed an onside kick. Yeah, it could have happened, but that would have been totally you know fluke miracle okay so what do you make of this then what is your i don't know i don't know i I just feel like you know trump obviously everyone knows trump just makes shit up and it started with bush where like some bush dickhead who was in the administration was like we create our own reality we're an empire now i feel like we're in an era where like reality is just sort of it's so much more fungible and flexible than than one would think and you know again i'm talking about a bunch of unrelated unconnected incidents not correlated at all. Different sports, an election, the Oscars, but it's like, you won Best Picture. No, actually, that's wrong. You won Best Picture. At the moment they announced La La Land as Best Picture, the win probability for La La Land was like 99.999%. But yet, no, there was an error. Of course, you know, it's like, think about the win probability in that case. It's like all, and, and think about what the most watched programs in the world are, right? I mean, there's some shit like in India, some cricket match, I'm sure, that's huge. But oh, like, no, it's, it's a Super Bowl one. Super Bowl, Oscars two. the Oscars, Oscars two. the World Number Series, two. and the NBA Finals, and the presidential yeah. election. I mean, these fucking things are, you know, any events in the U.S., those are five of the most watched events in the U.S., and all five, individually, independently, were like, this guy's going to win. Nope, that guy won. You know, I mean, it was just really, it's, it's really uncanny. No, that 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 really is interesting. I I, I have no conclusion. To, I have no idea what to say about it. But that is really interesting that it all happened—a confluence of events all in one one year. Speaking of uh, Pulp Fiction, by the way, which is top five for me all time, and my my favorite scene of any movie or TV is when Bruce Willis goes back for for Marcel Wallace, uh, and, and you know with the sword. So he doesn't that, go back my, for him. He goes back. Oh, when he goes back to save him, right? Yeah. He yeah, goes that's back my favorite scene of any. TV or movie show of all time. But that's what's my funny, uh, that's a great scene, but he goes back, he, he was going to skip town. He was gone. He goes back to get his watch right? because of the, the sacrifices yes. that Christopher Walken made to get him that watch, yes. right, from yes. his dad, right? And yes. so that's why he's back. That's the only reason he's even in Marcellus Wallace's orbit. And then Marcellus Wallace tries to kill him, but so he has to run him over. And then they get into that situation where he, out of the goodness of his heart, goes back. To, to yeah, basically no, save I, his I name. Love it. They're literally at each other's throats, about to kill each other, and then he goes back to save him. Because, dead's dead. Because dead's w- dead. And the, be- the beauty of it was that is because as bad as Marcellus Wallace was, and he was basically Satan, he had like a 666 tape to his head, 
the level to which Zed was going to with Marcellus Wallace, he found unacceptable. It was a, exactly. He found that too far. It may be Satan, but this is a bridge too far. I'm not, I'm exactly. Not no, that's, that's literally my favorite scene. Um, anyway, I brought that up because I just watched Hateful Eight yesterday. Have you seen that? I have not seen it. Okay, so I, I've normally watch all of Tarantino movies in theaters, and this one I, I waited a while. So never mind, you haven't seen it. So it's, it's two hours and 45 minutes long. And basically the entire movie takes place in a cabin, and it's worth watching. He's he's obviously a decent filmmaker, so I, I would recommend Hateful Eight. Uh, right. It's worth watching. Check I'll, it out. I'll check it out. I like Quentin Tarantino in BoJack, who decides with Todd <laughs> that the, it's not really a movie. It's a – what was it? What did they decide it was? It was some sort of, like, subscription to a, fu- a fruit basket subscription. Right, right. Yeah. I like that. That was good. Yeah. All, right. All right. So my, my, my main worry right now just in my life is is Kevin Durant going down. I mean, I was sitting there, uh, you know, in person, game seven, and I've just totally said to myself, it's okay that I had to witness that because it would not have uh, – Durant would not have gone to the Warriors had they won that game. And he's even since then come forth and admitted as, as such. So, you know, it's okay. You know, they won 73 games last year without him, but – Jesus Christ, list Durant as a bone bruise and an MCL sprain, and uh, all I care about are the Warriors. I mean, I can't care about the 49ers. I mean, what what am I going to do with myself? Uh, I don't know. I mean, just commit suicide. I honestly like <laughs> just end it. You, just, you know, I mean, there's. I mean, just think about it, right? I mean, if Durant plays and is completely healthy, the Warriors have a very, very good chance to win the championship. And if he doesn't play or the injury extends more than a month then they just have a good chance to win the championship. And I think that discrepancy is enough to kill yourself over. Yeah, that's probably enough. I mean, well, we had to deal with this. I mean, Curry got uh, his, his MCL sprained during the playoffs last year, and he couldn't shake Kevin Love in the final possession of the most important, you know, moment in, in, in basketball in the last few years. So even if he does return, Durant might not be fully healthy. And most importantly, I have a sizable, by far, I, I'm not going to reveal it, but, a very big like a bet. thousand, right? Like, How much was a thousand uh, against the field? Um, yeah, yes, with Andy and Barron. I, I got ten percent of that, so I got a hundred on that. So I'm sick of sending you money. So hopefully Durant. Look, I never root for injury. I hope Durant gets healthy in a week and then decides to walk to earth. Like it's such a miraculous healing. <laughs> there you go, tying it back to Pulp Fiction. Absolutely, like. absolutely. Like it's such a miraculous healing. Like he's supposed to be out a month, and like he's he's back a week. And then he finds the Lord. He's like, there's no way that I could have been back a week without the Lord's intervention. And you know what? I've got more important things to do than basketball. I'm out. Right. All right. Well, I hope he returns and, and decides to continue playing basketball. Um, all right. I'm going to throw this to you for the rest of this uh, podcast before. But before that, I will say I uh, I did a $350 entry fee, a Rotowire um, NFBC league. And I'm going to do a $1,500 one later this month. Um, I, I, I'm not even just shilling because you – you work for Rotowire. I think it's the best. It's the best way to go. I've looked at all the options in NFPC, and I, I, I think to pay out for the for the big money payout if you win the whole thing, and for your league, I, I honestly think it's the best uh, return on your investment. So uh, uh, anyway, I got the number one pick, and I put my money where my mouth is, and I took Clayton Kershaw. A real man would have taken pictures in rounds two and three, also. But I do. Well, I took you. I took you, Darvish, round two. Oh, you, Darvish. That's such a bad pick. Yeah, no, that's great. What are you I, talking? I about? What are you God, talking? You're such a fucking idiot. It was he funny. We we uh, both we, those win the Cy Young this year. Both of them will. I, I I'd be shocked if Darvish won it. If he's you know, assuming he stays healthy, he's got a chance. But yeah, if only possible. he could strike out a few more people, right? I mean, what what is your well, what is your beef in, with you, Darvish? He's like, in Texas, right? So it's a bad park, and he's coming off. 
some weird back injuries that haven't it's not like he got surgically repaired or like he's better. He's just still sort of could aggravate that at any moment. So he's an injury risk and he's in an adverse situation, both league and park wise. So I don't know. He does strike out a lot of guys when he's completely healthy, but his ERA is probably going to be in the threes. His whip will probably be over one ten. So I don't really see how I, I just, I don't, I don't, see would, the, I don't see the draw just from a guy who's a big strikeout guy. I didn't have this option, but would you take Kluber over him? Oh, of course. I would take Kluber, Kluber oh, over him. And that guy's coming off a huge workload. I'll, I'll do a side bet with that sure. right now. Anytime. You want to just who has a better year? 100 bucks. Okay, 100 bucks done. And then, okay. um, and remember this for me because uh, I might not. And then um, Carrasco, I would think I would take over him too. I think Ooh, I would I take Strasburg over him. I, I take a lot of guys over Darvish. Lester. Oh, well, I mean, you're talking Carrasco and Strasburg too, my guy. I, I, I would not argue that. I love, right. I love, obviously Strasburg. I, I love him. So, so anyway, so um, uh, uh, Vlad, uh, a guy, you know, Rotowire writer. Vlad Sedler, not no, Vlad Putin. Right, correct, correct. Noticed this and, and brought it up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I want to get to another point uh, real quick that um, uh, a guy in this league is like a shark, I guess, um, on NFBC. And I love this, the fact that that um that there there's people that are so smart and so good in the in these NFBC leagues and he said he he chimed in on Twitter and said that I stepped into a hornet's nest and basically uh mocked my uh, my draft and I love it I love it it's funny it's great it's great uh, some guy who's apparently won a lot of you know ultimate champ whatever won a lot yeah. of money on the NFBC apparently was in the league with me and knew whom I was and stepped in and and and, and talk talk some shit. Right. Obviously, you knew he was talking about your draft was garbage. Yeah. No. He. No. I. I no. I actually really liked my my team, but so it, it, it actually made know. it far more interesting for me uh, to follow this league uh, as it was before. So I. I I'm. I'm. I'm but now you're motivated. You're motivated. motivated. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of motivation, so if we win the NBA in the League of Leagues, are we going to win the whole thing? Is that is yes? Our... Yes. Yes. And we're currently in second, a couple points down, but ahead of. And um, I, I love that Cousin Sal personally talked shit to us recently in an email today, which I love. And he's go- apparently going to be in person. I, bu- I booked my flight, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out there for League of Leagues, and I'm going to be in person for our next one, which is just going to be a one-year. I like all the changes, by the way. All the rule changes we don't need to get into, but they all seem pretty uh, pretty significantly uh, as an improvement. So, uh, yes, we will win if we do come through. So it's no with- longer a keeper league, this three – this three uh, sport league is not a keeper league anymore. Correct. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, Sal tried to step to us, and I, I felt like I slapped him down. I threw you under the bus <laughs> while we're at it, but I didn't realize that we were still in contention at the time because I hadn't looked. So. Oh, we absolutely are. Yeah. No. He. Yeah. He's just saying that. No. We. We. It's. It's a battle to the very end in the final basketball season, and um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. A couple weeks, but I'm curious if you if you want to do the whole punt starting pitching and baseball again and all that stuff. But uh, we, we, either way, it's pretty cool that we, at worst, we finished second overall at worst. Right. And I mean, part of it was those NFL.com guys were just mailing it in. They had no chance. Like there's only like five or six contenders like Spore. Yeah. But on the flip side, Jonah, Jonah, us, Sal and Brian, and maybe one other guy, but that was it. There was like six guys total that were even like serious contenders at all. Yeah, Jake Seeley, Jake Seeley was good, but um but, but I mean come on, I mean the, the 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 main thing is Jonah Carey ripping people off in trades. Right. It's amazing that we finished ahead of him. Yeah. But even so, his his draft was so inept that he couldn't he couldn't salvage. It was unsalvageable. 
so, you know, I want to – we'll revisit whether punting baseball the way we did, punting starting pitching the way we did was right. I mean, obviously, the position we're in it was right. And to get the NBA team that we have, which we were able to do only because of that, um, was, was the right call, it looks like. But, you know, just don't, don't choke. You know, we've got a couple months left. And also, I see that we're in second in the uh, NFBKC League that you're running. Oh, for man, the team in first is like 30 points. It's, I know, but you're cutting in their lead a little bit. You know, they may, there'll be injuries, people sitting. Don't, you know, go all out, you know. Don't mail it in. No, I've, I've absolutely been on the lineup, and, and I, I have. I have. All right. I have. All right. I will continue to. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's pretty good, too. But, yeah. So you want to so, hear something funny? I'll, I'll just say something funny. we got to end this soon because i just I got to get to bed. It's like 1230, and we were out. And this dude, I'm not going to say his name because I feel bad for him. But he keeps, like, emailing me about trades in the uh, staff keeper like at Rotowire. And I've, I've tried to trade with this dude before. And it just it never goes anywhere. And it's always, like, a bunch of emails and super annoying. So he keeps, like, emailing me. And I kept ignoring it. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I keep trying to trade with you. Like, what's up? And I'm like, listen, just make me a fucking offer. I didn't say fucking. I said, just make me an offer. Like, don't waste our time. Like, if, you got, if there's an offer to be made, make it. If there's a trade to be made, there's an offer to be made. If there's an offer to be made, just make it. You're bothering me. I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking on your door for a trade just make me a concrete offer and i'll consider it you know don't don't say hey what are you looking for fuck that i don't have time right you know i mean it's like just make me a fucking offer give me an option and if it's a good one if it's reasonable i'll I'll consider it and if it's good enough we'll make a deal if there's a good fit so i said make a real offer and we'll consider it and he writes back how about Degrom for carlos correa now correa is like three b or something like that in that league meaning we can keep an extra year three and extend him or whatever and DeGrom's like the same situation, but like, obviously Correa is worth more than, it's not even, that's just a stupid, so I just emailed, after like a week of just not even responding to that, he writes thoughts, and I write back, make a real offer and we'll consider it. (laughs) Just make a real offer, like making a ridiculous offer isn't making an offer, it's just, it's not even doing anything, it's just, we're back to square one. So he's like, so DeGrom is a piece of garbage? You know, he's like, I don't know, I'm trying, I have no idea how you value players, and I was like, dude. Just make an offer that the same person would consider. That's all I'm asking, you know? And here's, for point of reference, here's the ADP. And I just pasted in, like, the NFBC ADP. He's acting like, oh, I don't know how you value these guys. Like, what do you mean you know how I value these guys? I value them like fucking everybody else values them pretty much, more or less. And then he's like, got it. And no, no need to use the term sane. I'm really trying to see here if there's a match and don't want to waste our time. The ADP will help. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, how many years have we done this? What I mean, what do you like? Oh, oh, the ADP. What a revelation! Like, there's an ADP, and there's like places where guys are going, and wow, the guy that I'm getting is like in the seventh round. The guy you're I'm asking for is the guy in the second round. Like, how is that? I don't know. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah, I never initiate trades uh, unless you're the, you're I, the biggest coward. Unless it's a must, I, I I just hate it because of things like that. That is that's absurd. Of course, like. And then I get frustrated, and then you just yeah. I, I'm glad you insulted this person. Well, by the I, way, I didn't really insult. I was just Wait. like, dude, like seriously, like if you're gonna send the email that I have to then read, and eventually if you email me three more times, respond to, like, have a purpose, like have a, you know, like like just have a reason for living your life. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Don't live your life like faking, pretending to do trade. It's like you're like faking trying to trade with me because it's not ever going to happen in this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like, are you faking living your whole life or are you actually living your life? If you're living your life, that's probably the way he does go undergo the rest of his life is, is but I'm is just saying, if you're really living your change. life, you're going to 
and, and you say you want to trade with me, then if you're living your life, you actually want to trade. That means you want to trade with me. There's actually a legitimate. I'm not just pretending to live my life. I'm actually living my life, in which case you're going to make me an offer. You know, when you make an offer, there should be some fear, like, oh, shit, I just sent out that offer. I hope he doesn't accept it. Oh, I mean, I want him to accept it, but right, I hope he doesn't. Right. There should be, I, when, I, when I send out offers, I'm like, oh, shit, maybe he'll. And when someone accepts it, like fucking Andy Barron's, that fuck, I'll send that dude a good offer, and he'll accept it right away, and I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> Andy Barron's accepted my offer. Like, maybe, maybe I gave him too much. Like, I'll just, I'll get all panicked, you know, like. That asshole, he just accepted it. Like, what did I do? I probably gave him too much. I'm too fair. You know, like, but that's, you should have a little bit of panic when you send out an offer. It shouldn't just be like, right, right. Oh, I well, hope absolutely. I, no. I hope, I hope that sure. fucking idiot accepts my offer. That would be amazing if he accepted that offer. That, if you no, feel like you, that, you, you're not sending a legitimate offer. You're, you're 100% right. It, it, the uh, proper offer is one in which you're worried if they accept. That, that, then you know course, that it's legitimate. Of course. Because you're taking risk. There's a risk that it could fuck, that you could ruin your team by doing it. Then right. you know it's a real offer. If, right. if the risk is, well, if my guy goes at his 90th percentile and his guy goes at his 10th, I could lose a little bit. You know, that's not a that's not like. Anytime you're sending an offer that you, you're you like, I really hope he accepts this, that's a good indication that it's not fair. Right. I mean, the, exactly. the, the, it's it's one that that you are worried about is, is the fair one for sure. We can talk more about the actual logistics of, of baseball next week, I imagine with a little less wine in you. And um, I, I'm going to be coming back from labor and you're in Yahoo friends and family. You can actually be able to, to participate in that. It is. Um, when is that? Like next week, right? It's Tuesday. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. All right. Well, I actually have a baseball question for you. You brought up Carlos Correa. Um, whom would you take a uh, gun to head Carlos Correa or Corey Seager? Probably Correa. Cause he can run, but yeah, oh, they're man. both, both close. I keep going back and forth. Uh, all right. Okay. All right. Uh, I, mean, I, I am a Giants fan who's, who is weirdly just like totally attached to so many Dodgers this year. This year. It's crazy. I mean, what's your case for Seager over Correa? I mean, he, they're both, you know, I mean, young, uh, obviously, but in the same position and all that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, it's a coin flip. That's why I asked you. So I, I could see it. Correa, I drafted, I think, seventh overall in friends and family last year. Kind of disappointed after a really uh, hot start early. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 that's why I wanted your opinion because I, I'm going back and forth. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Correa can steal 20 bases if he's healthy. And I think that, that's a real difference maker. Uh, for what sure. it's worth, Steamer has Correa at 17. Uh, NFBC has Correa at 17, Seager at 19. Steamer has so close. Correa at 22, Seager at 25. So they're both pretty close. But both of them have Correa higher for what it's worth. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I, I love Justin Turner, um, Jock Peterson, uh, Rich Hill. I'm just a Dodgers chill at this point. It's, it's, it's sad. Obviously, Kershaw number one overall. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the Dodgers are good. Don't forget the best player on the Dodgers. Oh, obviously, Puig. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, last year I said his floor was MVP, and he did do well at AAA, to be honest. And let's not, let's not sell that short. But I don't even know if he did well. I haven't looked it up. But I think he did well at AAA. Anyway, yeah. um, you know what's funny is Eric, Eric Thames, right? Like, he, Steamer has sure. him as, like, the 21st hitter or something crazy like that. Right, right, right. And, like, his Korea numbers are – like, did you see what he did in 2015 in Korea? Are you aware of that? No, I'm not exact. I know it's like the highest. Okay, okay. I mean, just like, like, okay, so give me his like triple slash line in Korea just in 2015. Last year he was good, but 2015 was ridiculous. I have no idea. I don't just, know. Like, just, you know a triple slash line. So give me a, a guess. Like what was his batting average, did you guess? 300, 400, 600. 
Okay, it was 381, 497, 790. He slugged 790? Dude, he got on base at 497. How many bases did he steal? In He only played 142 games, 472 at-bats. Well, when you're slugging that much, it's almost hard to steal bases. Right, so just how many steals did he just chip in, given this ridiculous 1287 OPS? 25. 40. <laughs> okay, all right. Dude, he, right. went, he went 47, 140, 130 runs, 40 steals, 381 batting average in 142 games. Let me ask That's you not this. bad. Let me That's ask not you bad. This. If Mike Trout played at single A, at high A, would he have better numbers than Eric Thames put up in that Korean league? No, no, not, no, no, no. I would definitely take the under. No. <laughs> 381, 497, 790, and he stole 40 bags. Right, I mean, forty-seven, forty season. I mean, so and then the, last year, he only played one hundred twenty-three games. I don't know if he got hurt or whatever, but he had forty homers, only thirteen steals, only got caught four times, three twenty-one, four twenty-seven, six seventy-nine, only an eleven oh six OPS. And the year before, he had a eleven ten OPS before the twelve eighty-seven. So he's that was like a twelve hundred OPS, twelve you know eleven seventy-five the last three years. So, like, Steamer regresses him very significantly, but they regress him to, like, the 21st hitter or something like that overall. Because right. what do you do with those numbers? It's just so off the charts. Yeah, no, uh, totally. And most most ranking systems don't have him even close to that. But, I mean, you have to resp- – I mean, the funny thing is, is, like, things like Steamer are typically, like, they're, they're, they're expect missed playing time, and they're kind of like underrate players. So they're very bullish. So I've actually moved Thames up I'm on my rankings. I, up. It's just and, like, and, and by the way, Milwaukee, a super underrated hitter's park, like like really, really, really good hitter's park, and he's going to hit in the middle of that lineup. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy I'm, I'm looking toward. Right, and we say Trout at high A, and the Korean League is definitely tougher than high A. It might be triple A. It might be a little higher right. than triple A. I just said high A just to, like, make it absurd. Like, Trout plays at high A. What does he do? Right? He's probably not doing much better than Thames did. So, you know, it's like if so, if Thames is doing what Trout did or better at the Korean League, what's he going to do when he faces the major leagues? Now, maybe the difference is that Thames maxes out against a certain type of pitcher and you raise the level and he's toast. But maybe not. You know, maybe players are just maybe as good. Not, as, exactly. Yeah, maybe I mean, we not. don't we don't really know. And the problem with Steamer is that Steamer is really good when there's a lot of data and a lot of precedent, and when there's less, it's not as good. It's a less reliable projection. But they also know that about themselves, and they regress things even harder when the precedent is less. So, right, it's it's pretty crazy. Anyway, just something that um, I'll probably have a couple shares for the hell of it. And he's going to play first base too, right? So like, he should stay healthy. So yeah, probably. All right, man. I, so, so what, well, I don't think I, I don't think I brought this up on this podcast I did earlier, but you know when did I did I bring up the Barry Bonds stat here? I don't think I did. No. When he was 40, 40 years old, um, in two thousand and four, he had three hundred and seventy three at bats. Can you name how many times he reached uh, base safely that season? What like? So he probably had like three hundred seventy three at bats. He probably batted three hundred, so like one hundred and twenty hits or something, and then. You probably had like two. I'm going to say like 310 times. No, 300 times. 376. That's uh, sick. Because he had like 200 walks. He had like 100 intentional walks or something crazy like that. Yes. So at 40 years old, he reached base more often than he uh, had in at bat. That's, and, that's, that's ridiculous. And he played in the toughest uh, left-handed park in the history of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's just so funny. The, the thing about uh, Bonds, though, and as great as he was, the OPS really overcounts it because – 
OPS, as we've talked about, is a fucked up stat, right? Because it's slugging plus on base, but, like, they're totally different things. Slugging is based on at bats, and on base is based on uh, plate appearances. So right. Right. you walk, and you're not even adding to the denominator in the slugging, but you, you are getting, uh, you know, an extra one-for-one one in the on base. And it's not a – it's like – put it this way. Like, like a way to show that it's fucked up is, like, if you had one home run and ten walks, what would your OPS be? Right. What would it be? 5,000, right? Because you'd be slugging 4,000 and you'd be getting on base 1,000. But let's say you had nine home runs and one out. Your OPS would be lower than the guy who had one home run and nine walks. So you see how it's a little – I mean, that's an extreme example, but you see how it's skewed. Right. Yeah, but not that Bonds. I mean, you know, he's the best baseball player of all time. Let's let's, we can all settle on that. Babe Ruth was. What do you say? Babe Ruth better? Of course, Babe Ruth is better. Oh, Babe Ruth being wouldn't make the major leagues. Come on. Okay. Well, Calm relative. Okay, relative to his era, Babe Ruth yes. not, not only put yeah, up in numbers for like eight years, not three or four, but he also was a star pitcher, and the rest of the league wasn't hitting. When Bonds hit seven, they weren't hitting like fifteen homers. Yeah, yeah I they know. were hitting like twelve home runs. Like Babe Ruth is the best player ever, and it's not even close. Uh, okay, it's not right. even close. That's that's the only argument is Babe Ruth relative to his era is the only well, I argument. Mean, then you could never say that anybody, you know, more than like fifteen years ago, is even in the conversation. Like some dudes from the seventies, you think like Mike Schmidt, you know, or somebody like that, like best third baseman <laughs> ever, arguably. Like you get a guy like Joe Morgan, maybe best second baseman ever. He's got to come with his normal, his his size and his, you know, build into the current majors. Right, Jerry Rice has to go compete against Calvin Johnson and you know those guys. I don't know. Right, right, okay, right. But I mean, you're not so you're not arguing against Barry Bonds, correct? I'm not arguing that like if you put like it just means that nobody from like back when can like hang today because of the physical differences. Sure, sure, right, okay. But I mean, he's almost another era himself. But I mean, we're talking five hundred steals and gold glove in this century. You know what I mean? I mean? He did his damage in this century. Babe Ruth. Yeah. You know, if you took away all of his home runs and turned them into outs, he's the most homers ever. By the way, if you turn them into outs, he still has a, high, a higher on base percentage than Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, that's pretty good. But to <laughs> check, check out check out what Babe yeah. Ruth did in nineteen twenty nineteen twenty. No, I know, I know. The league. I know. No, I, how I, many I, runs do you think Babe Ruth had in 1921? How many runs did he score? Yeah, how many runs did he score? 120. 171. <laughs> Come how many on. RBIs eyes did he have? It's like 171 or 177 or something like that. What did he? Uh, bat? What, what was his batting average? 340. No, uh, in 1921 it was. Here was this triple slash line. It was 376. No, sorry, <laughs> 378. He went 378, 512, 846. It wasn't all walks. You know, he had 59 home runs, 168 ribbies, 177 runs. And he was pitching? He stole, well, no, he didn't pitch that. He stole 17 bags. He got caught 13 times. Though. He wasn't a great base dealer. Yeah, that's pretty silly. All right, fine. All right. Especially relative to what the other Put players. Put it this way. Babe Ruth led the league in home runs in 1918 with 11. Okay, he led it in 1919 with 29. He led it in 1920 with 54. He led it again in 1921 with 59. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's a whole thing. Who's a better basketball player, if you like, dependent on it? Jordan in his prime or LeBron James? LeBron. 
Okay. I was talking to Dre about this on the radio. So, like, LeBron was a rookie 2003-2004. And by, like, 2004-2005, he's already scoring, like, 28 a game with, like, 7-7 seven and seven with, you know, good percentages. And so he's already, like, in the best player in the league conversation in 2004-2005, right? Like, yep. already it was, like, him, Garnett, Duncan. Some people thought Kobe, but I don't think so. Maybe tail end of Shaq's prime. And, you know, now this is, like, 11, 12 years later, and who's the best player in the NBA? It's LeBron. Like, nobody is the best player in the NBA for 12 years. This is fucking un... Nobody. I mean, who? I mean, Kareem. Oh, I if anything, he's better, too, is the thing. If anything, he's but like... like if, if you're like, who's the best player in the NBA 10 years ago? Oh, LeBron. Who's the best player in the NBA now? LeBron. Like, mm-hmm. when has that ever happened? And he's always healthy. Like, just what a beast. I mean, I'm putting yeah. it this way. Like, he's like the, Ven- the, I mean, it's not the Venus, Serena Williams of tennis. Like, Serena Williams is, like, the best or second-best player now. It's, like, well, almost 20 years ago. She she won her first Grand Slam in 1999. It's, like, who's the best female tennis player in 2000, 2001? Serena Williams. Who's the best player in 2010? Serena Williams. Who's the best player in 2016, 2017? It's, like, the, you, most athletes, you're not the best in the world for that long. And, you know, tennis is different. Oh, she's one of the best athletes of all time, for sure. Not not just female athletes. She's one of the best yeah, athletes. If, you know, ESPN did its hundred best athletes like uh, like a while back. She'd be top five. Oh, totally agree. It, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like number one, and they had Jordan number one, which I thought was kind of a it's kind of cowardly. I wouldn't put him number one, but they had like Babe Ruth number two, Muhammad Ali, people like that. Jim Brown was pretty high, but like Serena would be up there. She'd be in the top five. And LeBron, no in my opinion, no. would be in the top five. Well, I mean, he's he's. I, I don't really get the argument why he's not clearly number the best athlete ever. Like, I mean, who could? What could you argue possibly that he's not the best athlete of all time? Well, he's only won three championships. Bill Russell had like ten. Oh, okay. I know it was easier. I mean, he's the size. He's bigger than Carl Malone, and he's the right. best. Oh, you mean just physical player. specimen? But what about he's Shaq? The best Shaq, athlete was, Shaq was time. seven one three ten, and like could dribble and move his feet. Like Shaq yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. And like guys like Giannis are coming to the league. We're six eleven. You know, and can handle and pass and fast as hell. There's a lot of crazy, like, physical freaks. Calvin Johnson was running. Obviously, it's getting bigger and, and better. Well, Calvin and Johnson ran, like, a 4.35 and was 6'5", 240. Right. Like, yeah, he's a better athlete than Jerry Rice. I mean, no question. But but LeBron, okay, what is that? What is that? What are you arguing? I mean, it's evolution. No, I'm yes. just, say, I'm just saying that. Better. Well, it's not evolution because evolution is about survival, right? And so, like. Everybody survives these days, you know. I mean, it's like, and the fact that you're, well, you're still, barely, the fact that you survive, you're barely, you're barely doing it. But. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like someone like you, the fact that you can, you know, feed yourself is a miracle. But the point is, like, it's not evolution. It's just, I mean, it's evolution of sport because more and more money goes into it, more and more training. But your physical athleticism is not really evolution. In fact, if anything, it would be going the other way. Please explain yourself. I don't get it. I, I, I do feel like it is evolution. I want to because hear your evolution is, is natural selection. It's like, okay, well, you know, people, you know, let's say you're like just really dumb and you can't like survive well, you die. And so you don't reproduce. And so smarter people who are able to like salvage shit and cooperate with each other and do whatever survive. So the humans kept getting smarter and they kept getting more savvy and whatever until we, you know, our cerebral cortex is grew and we have bigger brains than our ancestors. So that's like normal, right? That's evolution. It's about survival. But once, you know, we get to a point technologically in society where even dumb people or even unathletic people like yourself can reproduce, and obviously you have twice, um, then, you know, the, your genes are not being eliminated from the, po- from the population. 
anymore, right? So, like, your genes are intermingling with the population in a detrimental, detrimental way for humanity, but that's not – there's no natural selection taking place. So, like, you know, obviously, like, there's a huge incentive for people who have good athletic genes to train really hard and to practice and lift weights and do shit to, like, get the money. But for them to have better athletic genes, there is absolutely no um, evolutionary or natural selection purpose of that. First of all, I have skepticism and I've asked for a, a maternity test, first of all. Second of all, uh, what do you think uh, Babe Ruth uh, would would be in the spectrum if he were transported into baseball right now? I mean, I think he'd be a, a monster still, but it's really – it's impossible. Really? Yeah. I think. I mean, the thing is, like, those guys were throwing, like, 80s, so, like, seeing a guy throw 100 might, you know, might be a problem for him. I don't know, you know, but, like – I hand coordinations. So, I hand So you think he would be in the major leagues and be a monster is what you think? I think probably if you're that much better than everybody, yeah, I think so, right? Yeah. It, I think, you know, Ted Williams, same thing. Like, I think that, um, you know, they're, they're all – it's not like Babe Ruth was, I don't know, 6'1 or whatever. I, I got to look up his exact height. I, actually, I can look it up right now. He was uh, 6'2", 215. You know, it's not like it's not like right. he couldn't hang. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was kind of fat, but like, I'm sure he would just lift some weights or whatever to – well, and, and the other argument, too, would be, like, if he just wasn't eating hot dogs and drinking right. beer, imagine if he, had, you know, if he had, like, a trainer and all this other stuff they're helping. Yeah, so, yeah. But I think coordination, you know, baseball is really one of the sports where I think you could transpose people. I don't know about those pitchers in the dead ball era. It's a different ball, but, like, a guy hitting home runs in the dead ball era, I, I wonder, you know, like, he might be crushing it. And, and it's, it's, it's eye-hand coordination, you know, which is right. which is different than, like, just like basketball or something where it's like if you're Bill Russell was like 6'10", probably 220 or something. I don't know how tall. I don't know how heavy he was. But, you know, he, it's just a different game than it was when he, when he was playing, when he played center. Maybe he'd be like an elite KG type of power forward, but it'd still be a Hall of Famer. But it's just a different game. So, you know, I, I think the physical sports like football and basketball where it's just brute size and strength means so much. I think QBs are not brute size and strength, but – so many of the positions are and basketball is different than like baseball or tennis or some of these sports that are mostly eye-hand coordination based not that like strength and speed don't matter they do but it's they're mostly like you get some dude who's like let's say you found some dude and you didn't know anything else about him but he ran a 4 3 40 and he was 6 5 270 right and quick like you don't know how if he's good at football or not but like you want to find out like if you're an nfl team you're gonna like bring that dude in for sure right Whereas, like in baseball, knowing that is meaningless. You be it's like, meaningless, right? Who, I mean, he, what, the odds that he can hit are almost zero. What you know, a random person with physical skills being able to hit is like so unlikely. So, or pitch or anything, right? So, like in in those other sports, if you knew a dude was seven feet three hundred and ran a four four forty, you'd be like, who cares if he's ever played basketball in his life? This dude's going to dominate. That's yeah, no, there's like inter- interesting footage online right now. There's another guy and then another one who's Manute Bull's son who's like 7'7 and um, dominating in high school or whatever in, in you know junior college. But who knows how that'll translate with, with that size. So, so my biggest question, j- just to reiterate, is you would take in a game with your life depending on it, you would draft LeBron over Jordan in his prime. Um. I don't know. I'm not 100%. I wouldn't say, I'd have to think about it more for my life, depending on it, because Jordan was a sociopath, basically. Like, he. For sure. Yes. He was so driven in a way that, like, 
you know, I watch this show billions now. It's kind of cheesy, but I kind of like it. And it, like, it's 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 awful, but worth watching. Right. And so there's this, there's like a scene where like Brody's seeing his therapist, whatever, who's that other dude's wife, which is such a stupid plot device. But anyway, and and like he does this thing. I mean, whatever. I'm giving away a little bit. It's a stupid show, but he like it's fine. He it's gets fine. his he gets his guy who's like dying of cancer to pretend to be like a mole for like the uh, FBI and the U.S. attorney and to fuck them over. And he's conf- he feels bad about it, and he's talking to his like therapist, and he was saying how. Yeah, he used that guy, and he could have given him some treatment that would have extended his life a few months, but he didn't even tell him about it because he really needed him for this perfect project. Since he's dying, he's never going to, like, testify in court. And he's like, am I a sociopath? And she's like, well, the fact you feel bad of it means you're not a sociopath, but the fact that you did it means you're not normal, so you're sort of in between. And, like, I, I don't know. Jordan seems like that type of dude, you know? <laughs> like, I, right. He just right. seemed like he was he was crazy, you know, whereas LeBron is like, He's more of a normal guy, personality-wise, it seems like. Right, so that, sure. So in some ways, like that, if the game were really on the line, like Jordan, for him, it's like life or death. You know? So I I don't know. I'd have to think about it. And I, I, hate, totally, jo- and I hate Jordan. I know you do. Uh, I agree. Um, Billions is an entertaining show. and um, uh, But, yeah, definitely uh, got, some, got some problems with it, but very entertaining. And, uh, yeah, Jordan is uh, definitely I would I would characterize him as that. Uh, I was a kid during his heyday, and I, he was my favorite player, and uh, just loved watching him. But yeah, I mean maybe that is the difference, just the drive. But I mean physicality. I and- LeBron's a better basketball player, in my opinion. Like okay. he's a better player. Like he's got more skills. He's a better athlete. He's the better talent. Um, he's more valuable to a team in general. But. You know, so that's not evolution, teams. though. That's not evolution, though. No, it's not evolution. LeBron, even if he was a shitty athlete, would have survived. Like, there's no, you know, there's no evolution. Literally, so am I using the wrong definition? Then what? Uh, they're getting bigger, stronger, faster. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm faster. not sure why people are getting bigger, stronger, faster anymore. I'm not really sure what the reason for that is. Maybe better nutrition. Like, but our country is like totally malnourished. We're eating total fucking garbage. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. I don't All right. see like a monster. Uh, I, I'm done. I got nothing else. Uh, fired up for labor and uh, got right. open well, family left to talk win, about. Let's win the NFBKC and win this League of Leagues, and then I won't consider you such a worthless sack of shit. Okay. Well, that, yeah, uh, I plan to. Right. Well, I'm only. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm hindered by your your NFBKC team, but it was uh, a pretty I'll, good team. I, I had a pretty good draft, I have to say. Uh, by the way, email me that hundred dollar bet. Um, you Darvish versus. Who was it? Kluber. We'll Kluber. do. Kluber. All right. Yeah, need, we'll do. All right, man. Good time, Liz. All right. Take it easy, Dalton. All right. Later, man. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, if you're a new user, there's a special offer. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only do we get the free subscription, but you also have that $10 to be able to play with on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW.